Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Switch to Sprint Unlimited Basic featuring TV from Hulu and 500 megabytes of mobile hotspot. Plus, for a limited time, get five lines for only $120 per month. Hurry to a Sprint store or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Offer ends 8-16-18 after 1-31-2020. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines without a pay. One Hulu limited commercial plan for eligible Sprint account. MHS reduced to 3G speeds after 500 megabytes per month. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new lines. Subject to credit and 3 activation fee. Video streams up to 480p. Speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply. Love Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Ryan Tannehill, quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, and I represent the Finsider with the PH. Well, thank you, Ryan. That was a nice intro. Oh, we have a new intro? <laughs> I made a new intro this week. I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so, guys, welcome to the Finsider Podcast. We're back after a uh, almost two-week absence for me. I guess I was in for a little bit last week, but a week off for uh, all the fun of getting through another week. Um, if you guys want to take part in the show, as Chris Duke did so well talking about last not, last week, uh, you can call us at 347-326-9461. Of course, we have the live thread up on the site. You can also tweet to me at the Finsider. If you use the hashtag Finsider, it makes it a lot easier for me to see. But I'll try to get to you either way. Um, and uh, yeah, give us a call. We'll talk about anything Dolphins you want to talk about. Uh, go ahead and welcome in my producer James, since he is on top. He's always number one, as he told me before I am? the show. Okay. So we have to make sure that he's number one. So James, welcome. And I don't think that's what I what I meant, but okay. <laughs> no, but, but it worked out perfectly. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that I superseded uh, Duke for one for one thing in this world. That's it. <laughs> and uh, my co-host Duke, who took over valiant, valiantly for me last week. So Chris, how are you? I am valiant. I'm not going to give you your trumpets today because you didn't want them last week, so I'm not going to give them to you today. <laughs> See, I'm stingy like that. <laughs> but yeah, well, you, I, uh, sir, are better than the Dolphins secondary. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but oh, the soccer game did get canceled until tomorrow. Oh, that's sad. I've been sitting here waiting for this um, playoff soccer game to start, and apparently in New York it's snowing so hard they cannot get the game played even though they have the orange ball and everybody's out there, but they say it's just not safe that the snow is just making everybody slide around the stadium. So they're actually calling it till tomorrow. So if you're up in New York and you happen to be listening to this, congratulations because, one, that means you have power. But, two, stay safe because now after Hurricane Sandy, now you're going to get dumped on by a nor'easter. So should be lots of fun. But uh, Okay. So, hey, look at that. Um, James, 
we have comments in the uh, thread now, and it's Beaver. So <laughs> Beaver, who seems to live on the site, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, commenting. I like how he spelled Chris. That's awesome. <laughs> I had a friend way back when in high school or middle school, somewhere around there, who spelled it K-R-I-S. I don't know why. Yes, I, that's I the didn't, way. I didn't, I didn't know Duke used to be part of the band Crisscross, but that's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> he will make you jump, jump. <laughs> oh my! Duke's thinking to himself, I didn't know that either. <laughs> Man, somebody owes me some royalties somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I got a check coming. <laughs> but, so we're now, what, um, five minutes into the show? Roughly four minutes? And we have not talked to Thing Dolphins yet, other than being stingy is better than the Dolphin secondary. Let's go ahead and turn our attention to the Dolphins. Last week, obviously, was an ugly game. Um I'm really – it was an ugly game, and the way I'm looking at it now, looking back on it, is it really wasn't that bad. We got caught on the wrong day to get caught by Andrew Luck. That was his magical performance. And, I mean, Ryan Tannehill had that with his 431-yard day back early in the season. So the rookies are going to have those days. We just happened to be the guys that got caught on defense that day. At the same time, though, it showed we have holes. And it's holes we all knew we already had. But uh, we uh, – and I'm going to cut myself off there for a second just because – so you guys listening know I already told these guys, but I'm sick today. So James likes to laugh at me because I always seem to have something on Wednesdays. And this is apparently what it's going to be today. So if I'm a little out of it or a little slow in asking questions or answering, that's probably why. But, okay, going back to my uh, spiel about the game. Obviously, Andrew Luck showed holes in the secondary, and it's the same thing we've talked about all season long, is the secondary is the weak spot on the defense. We have to get better in the secondary. And losing Richard Marshall, who B-Serious pointed out earlier on the site today, the Dolphins have put him on IR now, so he's out for the year. So, what our secondary looks like is what our secondary is going to look like. I mean, we cut we cut your boy Duke uh DeAndre Presley today and brought in um McCann, Brian McCann. Or I I guess we actually did that yesterday. But we brought in Brian McCann um who has time playing. He uh has 21 games under his belt. He's bounced around the last couple of years. Uh, two stints with the Cowboys, two stints with the Ravens, and most recently with the Raiders. Uh, nothing spectacular, but he does give us at least some depth back there, and he's somebody who at least has some game experience. Um, I, I don't know how much he'll actually see playing time, but it is depth. And then with uh, Richard Marshall going on to IR – the Dolphins added um, Brandon McDonald, so we picked up another cornerback. He was waived by Tampa yesterday, and we brought him in today. So I, I guess uh, I guess that is the focus for the team is trying to figure out how to solve the secondary issues. But 
I mean, what we have is what we have, and it's where we're going for the year. So, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts? As I babble on for five I have, minutes. I have multiple thoughts on the game. One, Andrew Luck beats Tannehill's you know, num- high passing yardage number for the year by two yards. Yep. And all of a sudden, there's, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? He's he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and people are talking about MVP awards for him. Which right. Is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Second yeah. of all, I mean, obviously we knew we had issues with our secondary, and we saw it. I mean, there were you know we had two defenders in the end zone that looked looked you know like they were looking. I don't know what they were looking for, but they weren't looking for the ball on that on that touchdown reception. Yeah. Thirdly, it seemed like they had all day you know, to throw the ball at times. And I don't care who you are. If if you let a quarterback run around back there for several seconds, he's going to find an open receiver and he's going to yeah. pick you apart. I don't care how, how, I don't care if he's a rookie or if he's a backup quarterback. If he's in, if he's in the NFL and he made it in the NFL, he's going to pick you apart if you give him all damn day. Exactly. And I'm going to, uh, the, the one, the one play that um, I'm going to try when I get a chance to do these uh, freeze frames, the screenshots of um, who was it? Uh, Sean Smith covering Reggie Wayne for the touchdown on the slant through the middle of the end zone. Um, or I guess technically it was a post route; it wasn't a slant, but hey, whatever. Um, I think uh, everybody is hating on Sean Smith right now that he's a terrible quarterback or cornerback that he's garbage, that the Dolphins need to get rid of him. And I just we, – we are such a overreaction fan base because as soon as somebody has one great game or one good game, they're the greatest thing ever. And then the next week they struggle and we want to get rid of them and we need, we need upgrades and we need to cut him and all this kind of stuff. And suddenly people are back on the, oh, Vontae Davis should never have been traded when Vontae, according to pro football focus, at least is the worst cornerback in the league this year and is out again this week after being out last week with injury. So what good would Vontae Davis be doing us right now? Um, But on that play, Sean Smith clearly was behind Reggie Wayne, and it looks like he simply got beat. But when you look at the play itself, especially from the All-22 film, he was playing it the right way. He had the outside coverage. Rashad Jones was supposed to be in the center right where that pass was. And for some some reason, Jones snuck all the way up to four or five yards behind the line of scrimmage and then just stood there as the pass went over his head because there was nothing he could do about it. And you'll see it in the flash just before they cut away from it that Smith immediately turns and looks at Jones like, what happened? But it it clearly looks like Sean Smith got beat. But I I don't know what happened on the play. Jones just was out of position. Um, But on that play that you were talking about, James, where it was – Smith and Carroll. Was it Carroll on that play? Yeah. 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 Um, that actually, the way that I saw it from the All-22 film, Smith had zone coverage. The I can't remember who ran the uh, 
underneath route. It may have been Wayne, but somebody ran an underneath route that pulled the safety, which I think was Jones there, pulled him down, at which point Smith moved from the third, outside third, to covering the center. Uh, so he did right, and Carroll's coming over with the receiver on the other side. Andrew Luck never saw Smith. You can tell he just never saw Smith making the adjustment. And he just threw a ball up there. And then you're right, James. For some reason, the two cornerbacks kind of just stood there. And granted, if T.Y. Hilton hadn't jumped up and made a good catch, Smith could have had another ball hit his hands and drop. Um, but they they very clearly were in the right position. They just didn't make a play. So I don't know I don't know what it is. I mean, I think Kevin Coyle is calling a good defensive scheme, but for some reason our secondary just did not execute this past week. Well Sean Smith had a bad game. Yep. And you know, even even Revis is gonna have a bad game. So that's gonna happen. It just happened to be this day. But I think you hit on something there that you won't see a lot of people hit on because of the outcome of the play. But I do remember the guys on TV saying this. I believe it was um, Solomon Wilcox. He said, that was a bad throw. That was a Uh rookie mistake that he made. If Sean Smith turns and locates that ball, at worst, it's a pass defense. Yep. Uh, At least the worst case for us. Best case, he takes that ball at least 30 yards because there's no one else around. That was a dumb throw by Luck, and he got bailed out by T.Y. Hilton. He absolutely did. But also did. doesn't get mentioned. And, and so, you know, you know, people were praising Luck, and he had a good game. I'm not, you know, we shouldn't, you know, uh, you know, denounce his efforts. But he had that play that should have been picked off. That was the perfect coverage for that particular play. Our guys just didn't play well. But yeah. I think two or three plays earlier, Carlos Dansby had a pick six go through his hands, at that point the game is 17-13. If he catches that ball, he crawls into the end zone, it's 24-13. He drops it. Four plays later, Andrew Luck hits that play, they're up. And Sean Smith also had the ball in his hand at the end of the game. For some reason, it slips as he's trying to get up. And, I mean, if you really, really want to try to stretch, you could say that that was an interception and a fumble, if you really want to stretch it. But if he stays down, we get the ball to 30. So it's not like Andrew Luck didn't make mistakes. I mean, he easily could have had two, maybe three picks, depending. He did make some good throws, but he made some bad decisions. But I think the um, <laughs> I think the, the main issue, and I said this for most of the most of the season, you know, talking about having holes in the defense, and everybody on the on – the, um, the game thread was talking about, oh, we need safeties and we need corners and all this other stuff. And we do. I think we need some uh, some depth and some upgrades possibly. But our number one need, if you go back to the, you know, the draft, if let's say we had taken Matt Flynn instead of drafting Tannehill, everyone would have said our greatest need, it was split kind of 50-50 between a right tackle and a pass rusher. And we still need a pass rusher. I mean, we have Wake who – According to Pro Football Focus, is the best pass rusher in the league. He's constantly getting pressure, but we have no one else. 
So basically, if you can game plan him out of it, if you can double him, hold him, do whatever you can get away with, Audrick's not getting any pressure. Uh, Vernon is he's he's not doing it consistently. I think right. I saw Shelby in there on one play, and I think he did get a pressure. But depending on where we are in the draft, and right now, if it's the season ended today, we'd be somewhere in the 17 to 18 range. Yep. <clears throat> I think a pass rusher is our top need. We need a guy that can start on the outside, opposite of weight, who can consistently generate pressure. And we don't have that right now. And because of that, a a a player who is as savvy as luck, even though he's a rookie, who plays that savvy. You know, you play you play a guy like Mark Sanchez who who gets nervous in the pocket, or you know, you watch quarterbacks like that who don't have that pocket presence. You know, one guy can disrupt him, but a guy like Luck, if if Wake is taken out of the play, he can he can if he, even if he's not, he can take Wake out of the play. But the way he moves, we don't have anybody else to take up that slack. And you're right, you know, if you give a guy time like that, it doesn't matter what kind of good coverage you have, somebody's going to break free and he's going to find them. And so, I think that was our biggest problem. Was just sit there and you watch, you know, Tannehill get hit, Tannehill get hit. You know, Long giving up pressures like you know he's, you know, he's not. Trying to trying to lose money out there, yeah. you know, and and he'll getting hit all the time, and he plays well through that pressure. And then you watch Luck, and it's like he just stands back there eating a sandwich, and then oh, I'll throw a touchdown pass to this guy, you know. That was that was just what was annoying me about the entire game was just we could not get to him at all. And when we did, he made some plays, but you know that was few and far between. We didn't get to him enough, and he picked us apart. And that's going to happen with any quarterback. Yep. Like James said, it's not just luck, you know. If we go in if we go into this game and we give Hasselback or Locker all day to throw the ball, they're gonna pick us apart. That's just the nature of it. We need to generate pressure uh in, in order to help out our secondary. Now, you know, if we go into the draft or Fred's or whatever and we pick up some guys and we can, you know, lock down that secondary to where it can help our pass rush, that's good. But I think we need to look at that first. Because that, I think, to me, is our biggest issue on defense. Not so much the secondary. It's just we have Cameron Wake and nobody else. I think uh, I think our secondary is coming together. I think you're going to have days where they're going to make mistakes. And our our biggest problem this past week was that everybody had their bad game at the same time. That it, it I mean, and it wasn't like they were doing anything wrong. At least coaching-wise or anything like that. I mean, how do you predict Jake Long having a game like that against Dwight Freeney? I mean, you can't. And if you adjust and start trying to help out Long, now you're leaving Jonathan Martin on an island, and that's probably not going to look so good either. So, I mean, it, it just – everybody seemed to have their bad game at the same time, and it made us fall apart. And – the fact that we feel like this and the fact that we feel like we were absolutely demolished, that the Colts absolutely picked us apart, and we lost the game 23-20 tells you something. Um, I saw a stat on – it was on ESPN. I don't know which show, NFL 32 or NFL Live or whatever show Jason Taylor happens to be on today. Um, he has been suddenly making lots and lots of appearances on on ESPN. Um, he kind of disappeared there for a while, and then all of a sudden he's back. So I like it. Um, but uh, they were showing in games decided by six points or less, I think is what it was. Andrew Luck is five and one in his career. 
He's the only first or second year quarterback that has a winning record in games of six points or less. Um, the others that they showed, the other rookies for this year are, I think it was five and 15 or something around there. And then all time in his two years, Cam Newton is one in 10 in those games. So luck is getting it done. Now, I don't know how it's possible that the Colts are making this massive turnaround, but they are. So good for them. Um, We'll see what happens as the season goes on. I think the Dolphins are coming up on at least these next two games. And unfortunately, these next two games are going to be four days apart. So anything can happen on that second game, especially with it being a division rival up in Buffalo. (laughs) So there'll be all kinds of stuff. But these two games, at least, are winnable games. We should be able to beat Tennessee. We should be able to beat Buffalo. Then we start the fun of the Patriots, the um, 49ers, the Seahawks. So there are some good teams coming up on the schedule. But at least these next two games, the Dolphins should be able to come out of there with two wins. <coughs> that puts us at 6-4. and four. And I'm not complaining if we get to 6-4. Six, six and four. So as bad as we feel, this team is not far off. Um. But, yeah, they they have questions that have to be answered this week. Jake Long has to figure out what's going on and fix it. Um, Sean Smith, as we said in the preseason, as we said forever, Sean Smith needs to live in front of the jugs machine for like a week, solid, and just get his hands working. Um, And and the the issue with that drop that he had – was it? It's kind of like if you look at it in baseball, it, you know, it would be what they would say. It was in the exchange. Uh, he, he he caught the ball. It was a great yeah. catch. He landed on the ground, and as he was getting up, the ball slipped out. So it wasn't like the ball hit him in the hands and it bounced off. It was it was in the exchange, so to speak. I mean, and that was so disheartening because you're like, yeah, oh. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like the ball just hit him in the hands. You're like, oh, that's typical of Sean Smith. I mean, he caught the ball. He caught it with his hands, hit the ground. Great catch, great interception. Because he was running to his, he was running. Well, I guess from my screen, he was running toward the top of the screen. I guess the way it was angled, and he had to lean back to catch it. So I mean, it wasn't just like he hit him in the gut or something. It was a great right. play. He just lost the ball as he was trying to get up, and and so that's how it happened. Uh-oh. But. So, I mean, I think he's doing well there, and I think he'll do fine this week because I think they're going to have him locked up on Kenny Pritchett the whole time. I think, and, and I think Pottenham, I mentioned this in the live thread, is, you know, whenever we play a team with a true number one receiver, we usually do better than if we play a team that doesn't really have a true number one and have a right. bunch of guys that are doing, doing well. Because they lined – they lined Reggie Wayne up everywhere, oh. and he was never – Sean Smith was never just on him. He was on different people. And uh, Reggie Wayne just, you know, ate Jimmy Wilson's lunch all day long. Just, you know, it was just terrible. But, you know, I think we're going to see – this week we'll see him, Sean Smith, locked up on one guy, and I think he'll do well, and I think everybody else will, will play well in that regard. So I expect to see a little bit of turnaround this week. I, I, I'll, I'll come back to that, but is anybody else watching or have on TV – the Bowling Green Ohio game. 
I guess not. I do not. Um, I have it on and muted, but this is the second snap on a punt that Ohio has messed up. The first one, the punter managed to scoop up and start running with. The second one went between his legs. Like, he tried to grab it, and it shot straight between his legs, rolled all the way back into the end zone, and he fell on it in the end zone. And, of course, it's a safety. So now they're having to punt with the free kick. ESPN? Uh, yeah, ESPN2. Um, but what I was going to oh, say the deuce. Is, it's on the deuce. Yeah, it's on the deuce. It's almost on the Ocho, but it's not Ocho. quite obscure enough. I mean, it right, has to be an obscure sports quarterly. But, um, the 1926 Helsinki incident, we all know how that turned out. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> um, I, I, what I was going to say before they managed to put the snap through the punter's legs were Ohio's helmets in this are matte black, and I and absolutely it. love it. Yeah, it does I look love good. That helmet. This is the second team that I've seen with the matte black helmet. Boise State did it earlier this year where their weird blue um, – I guess it's the Nike Combat Series helmet where they have the giant Bronco on one side and their numbers on the other. Um, they did that in matte black, and then the Bronco was outlined in silver with orange eyes, and it looked amazing. Matte black helmets are awesome. I don't I know how Baylor the Dolphins pull it off, but game. they need to. <laughs> I've seen I've seen some mock-ups where the Dolphins have a gray helmet, and that one looks pretty good too. If you went to like a I matte saw that. gray, that, did, that that didn't look bad. Yeah, yeah, but it just look it doesn't really look like it's being used as a team color as much as the background color. Right, but, which is fine. Right. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm dying over here a little bit today. Uh, Don't die, man. Uh, <laughs> you'll have to take remember, over. Remember, I told you, you you can't pass away because <laughs> I'm not doing your post. <laughs> but uh, to to go back to what Chris was saying before, I went off on my random Ohio tangent, um, and not even Ohio as in Ohio fin fan for life. Uh, <laughs> I. Uh, I think you're right. I think we're going to see him bounce back. I guess I guess the Dolphins, I, I don't know how true the stat is. Maybe it's off and it's rarely, but from what I read somewhere, the Dolphins have never won uh, the game after beating the Jets or at least any time recently have not won the game after beating the Jets. So that's an interesting stat. The last 19 times. There you go. Yeah. I don't. I, and that I does guess not include. Just, yeah, go on. I was that does not include the Texans game this year, following Which being was, the Jets' final yeah. game last year. So that's that true. Technically, be twenty times. So yeah, that's an that's an amazing stat. I mean, I guess it's emotional letdown. I mean, you get all ramped up for the Jets, and then the next week just can't pull it off. I don't know. It's a weird stat, but. That's an amazing stat, and oh, if that guy caught that football, that was going to be amazing. But are those folding chairs in the back of the end zone? Those are. They have folding chairs in the back of the end zone on risers for people to sit in at Ohio's football stadium. 
That's fancy. <laughs> That's some big money in that school. <laughs> okay. Gosh, even UNT, even UNT's got a proper stadium. <laughs> uh, fun times. But and I'm, there's one thing I'm. I mean, I want the Dolphins to clear up this week too. That just really bothered me. Yeah. Was it always seemed we didn't get penalized as much as Indianapolis did. But our penalties always seem to be at the wrong time. Absolutely. First of all, I, I, I haven't rewatched it yet, so I don't really know. But from everything that I've read, that phantom holding call against Marlon Moore on that final punt return that would have yep. put us at the 50, it looked like the other guy held him. Yeah. From what I've read. So, I mean, I'm not going to say that's a bad call. I'm not going to do it like that. But here we are driving down the field. We need to score at least a field goal. And we've got the ball, and there's there's a holding penalty, or there's a false start, or there's some, and there were two false starts on Mike Pouncey. I mean, I don't even know how it even happens, but you have two, you have a false start or something that just backed us up and backed us up, and it, you know it's like we never could, we we couldn't get our offense going because we kept stepping on our own feet and tripping over our own feet, and, and that's annoying me. And I know a guy like Philbin that is kills him. He can't stand that kind of stuff. So I hope we can get that kind of mess straightened out because we can't keep killing drives with these stupid penalties. It doesn't matter if it's one or two times a game, even though Indianapolis penalized more than we were. We didn't get that many defensive penalties. It was all on offense, and it would back us up and back us up, and we just weren't able to to overcome that. Yeah, I I think one of those those pouncey – False starts. I, I could I could see what they try what they were calling because his butt did twitch, which is just a weird thing to say. But it, I, I don't I, I don't think it should have been called. But at least there was something that was movement. The second time, I've watched it two or three times since the game was over, and I still don't know what they were calling. And I'm just like, uh, okay. But yeah, the holding call on Marlon Moore, and still. I, I posted a picture of it um, in the defensive snap counts thread, I think. The Koamisi pass interference call. I still don't know what they were calling because the, people were saying when I put it up on Twitter, I don't see pass interference. People were saying that he was face guarding him, that he never looked to play the ball. He was just trying to block him from seeing it. And as far as I understand the rules – there's no issue with that as long as he's not touching him. I mean, if he puts his hands up in the air, he's fine because he's making a play on the ball. He may not be looking at it, but he's making a play on the ball. He never ran into the receiver. The only contact that was there was the receiver reached out with his hand and touched Koamisi's hand. So I, what I, I don't understand that call at all. What I saw, the one time I saw it and I showed the replay – the only thing that I could see was because the ball was slightly underthrown. The receiver had to slow down and reach back for it. And because Misi didn't turn around and that contact was initiated, that's why they call the pass interference. It's just, about as weak as pond water yeah, for yeah. a call. But that's the only thing. If the pass had been thrown a little bit farther and was not underthrown, there's no pass interference penalty because he doesn't reach back to, to, to get it. Misi, you know, he probably might have caught it. Misi might have deflected it or whatever. But the fact he was running with his hands up and like he didn't even touch him. Well, the receiver initiated yeah. that contact, but because Misi did, 
didn't allow him to retrieve the ball, didn't allow was, him yeah. opportunity to catch it, and there was contact, it was pass interference. It was, it, it's probably one of those super-duper technical rules, but it's dumb. Yes, absolutely. But at least at – least, no matter what, and I know the Dolphins have been hosed by calls today this year, I mean, and we've all been frustrated by it. I was amazed when that replay came back in favor of the Dolphins during the game. Um, it, it just – it amazed me. I don't think – I think that's the first call that could have been questionable that the Dolphins have gotten this year. So I, I was kind of amazed by that. And I know that every team feels that the refs are against them. I got it, but – at least we didn't get hosed like the uh, Steelers did. The, there were some calls in that game that it was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like the the non-incomplete uh, pass because the ball was moving in Ben Roethlisberger's hand as he was moving his arm forward. I, I don't know. I'm well, glad I'm not an NFL ref. That reminds me of a time, and I don't see if you guys remember this. Uh, I think uh, I have a good friend of mine who's a Bills fan, and we always laugh about this play. No, I don't remember any Bills fan. Oh, that's not well, the part I'm supposed but, to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> this play. The uh, Dan Marino is, is he, he's in the Man. pocket. He's getting some pressure. He steps up and he gets hit, and he's got the ball tucked down here. You know, like he's, it's, it's still tucked down under his chin. And as he's going down, there's like a tight end or somebody going across the middle, and he basically just weakly flips it like a little basketball chest pass. And it, it looks so much like a fumble, like he just dropped the ball. But they said his arms were going forward, and it was therefore an incomplete pass. And we laughed about that forever because it was the goofiest-looking forward pass <laughs> I have ever seen. And if it had been anybody but Dan Marino, you know, it would not have been called, but – we still laugh about it to this day because we were watching that game. I think it was one where Doug Flutie had like over 100 yards on one on one uh, drive because of some penalties. It was crazy. But Demarino just kind of falling forward and just you know flips his hands out in a weak chest pass and it's an incomplete pass. So <laughs> when I saw that Roethlisberger thing, that's the first thing I thought of was you know the Demarino chest pass. But. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good times. I miss Danny. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't mute my mic fast enough as I cough. So you guys got to enjoy that. That was awesome. Thanks. That was great. I am trying. It's it's amazing what a you know a little bit of, what a little bit of flu will do for you. Uh, I do. Um, I basically took half a day off today. And I may just tell my boss that, yeah, I can't make it tomorrow. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. You don't want to be driving a tank, get uh, a coughing fit, and take out like eight cars. That's not good. Yeah. Technicalities. They shouldn't have been parked there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so Dolphins have Titans coming up. Um, looks like Jake Locker is going to be back, which – is amazing that he's cleared to play immediately after they get just destroyed last week and lost by 31 points or whatever it was. So looks like Locker's going to be back. Um, he participated fully in practice today. He is cleared for all contact, so most likely we'll be facing Jake Locker. If something does 
set him back. It'll be Matt Hasselback again, but I think it's going to be Locker. Um, obviously, they're going to want either way. They're going to want Chris Johnson to get started and get rumbling, but it's Chris Johnson. He's pretty much hit or miss this year, kind of like last year, but uh, he's been hitting a lot more lately. But our Dolphins rush defense is our Dolphins rush defense. So it's going to probably come down to Jake Locker being able to throw the ball. And obviously with what our secondary looked like last week, that's kind of a scary proposition. But what what do you guys think or where do you see the threat from the Tennessee passing game? Or should this be a game that our secondary looks like studs again? I think the the, the – the concern to me is, and I, I, I'm, I'm banking this on, on the idea that everybody had a bad game last week, and that's all it was. This is not a trend. That was just an aberration. That I think Sean Smith will be on Kenny Britt, and he will do what he does against guys like that. He will let him catch some short stuff. He'll get some. He'll get you know seven or eight receptions. He'll get 60 or 70 yards, and that's it. He'll limit into that kind of stuff. Right. The guy that really worries me is Kendall Wright. Um, we've got Carroll out there who's got enough speed to cover those fast guys, but speed and speed, speedy receivers like that are giving us problems. We don't have a, a, a super-duper burner at corner. Uh, you know, Carroll can do it, but I don't know that – I don't know. I just don't feel comfortable with him in that role. So guys like him um, – uh, Nate Washington, guys that have got some speed, um, they might try to set us up with play action uh, and try to go deep on us. Uh, and then it's going to come down to, you know, our safety play there. And the other threat, you know, you're talking about Chris Johnson, and it seems to me that the Dolphins here in the last few games, they have, they stuff the run aside from one big play. Uh you know, in the Cincinnati game, we had a 29-yard run. In the Rams game, there was a 44-yard run. Sean Green had a 36-yard run. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember a huge run in the Colts game right off the top of my head, but it always seems like our rush defense seems to give up that one big play. The problem is with Chris Johnson, that's a touchdown. So yeah. I think they're going to have to try to limit that one big play they give up. We're going to have to try to contain him and – I think the concern there is that we're not going to have a lot of secondary help. I think we're going to let those guys have to play on an island, and because guys like Clemens and Jones and the linebackers are going to have to stay up next to the line of scrimmage to defend against Chris Johnson getting out in the open field. So they can game plan well against us if our guys are having a bad day. If we're having a good day, I think we'll, we will limit that kind of stuff. Um, and I really don't know anything about their defense, so I don't know – um, I don't know how well our offense is going to move the ball against them, but um, and and then again on our side of the ball defensively, I think I don't know about their offensive line, but from what I've read, is you know their offensive line hasn't been that great this year, and so I'm expecting uh, Wake to have another big game, hopefully he can get more than one sack and generate some pressure. Uh, the problem with Locker there is. Because Locker is, is throws much better, it seems, outside of the pocket than he does inside the pocket. That was a big knock on him in the draft. Was inside the pocket, he's got like 50% accuracy. When he's outside on the run, 
he throws like 70%. So if he gets outside of the pocket, he might eat us up with that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I don't I don't think it's going to be an, as easy of a game as some people are going to make it out to seem. Yeah. I, I think I I always I always try not to do the – well, I, I know I said it already, but this is an easy win or a game the Dolphins should win because it's – it's the NFL, and any given Sunday counts. Um, all it takes is one day where somebody has a bad game, and you can't do anything. And the Dolphins did that last week. But looking at this, I really think this is a game the Dolphins should win. Um, would I be surprised if Tennessee came out and play hard, played hard and kept it close, or – Managed to pull off a close win? No, not at all. Because Tennessee is a better team. They're one, a better team with Jake Locker. Even though he makes mistakes because he's young still, they seem to move the ball better and have a better rhythm with Locker. And that may just be that Matt Hasselbeck was rusty when he first came in and he's actually hitting his groove now. Although after last week, I don't know if you could call anything that they do a groove. But... Um, I just I look at it and I really think that the Dolphins should be able to pull off a win this week. So if you, if you look at it on paper, it comes down to I mean our offense is probably a little better than their offense, but on paper our defense should be much better than their defense. So I think it comes down to one of those types of games. If our defense can hold serve, play like you know they're expected to play, then our offense should do should do just enough. To, to outscore them. Um, so, I mean, I think that's where people are getting that. I think I read one, I think it was on Walter Football, I was looking at the the betting lines, and they have the Dolphins at minus six. So, I'm not real big into all that stuff, but I believe that means that they favor us to win by six or less points. So, you know, that's, I don't know that I would favor the Dolphins that high necessarily, but I would expect them to come out uh, and and you know our our, our defense to step up and, and limit their offense uh, and to just wear down their defense and hopefully we can get the running game going again. I don't know what's going on with that, but um, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a game that we should win on paper. It's a game that we could lose, but if we if we play the ball that we're capable of playing and have played most of the season, uh, you know, we should be favored and should. Win. We are we are six point favorites right now, which is the fifth highest spread. Um, you also get three. You get. You have to remember you get you three points get two, for two to three points for being at home. Being yeah. at home, yeah. Uh, the Patriots are eleven point favorites over the Bills right now. Um, the Ravens are nine point favorites over the Raiders. Oh, that's a good the, bet. <laughs> the Seahawks, the Seahawks are six point favorites over the Jets. Are eleven and a half point favorites over the Rams, and then the Steelers are twelve and a half point favorites over the Chiefs, which is absolutely ridiculous that it's that low. It should be higher, I think, with the way the Chiefs have been playing. But um, and apparently the Lions and Vikings are off the board for some reason right now. I don't know why, but yeah. 
So that's where that stands. And in case you're wondering, uh, tomorrow night's game has the Colts favored by three and a half over the Jaguars. Uh, just in case you're curious. And apparently my subscription to Pro Football Focus has run out. Uh-oh. So I guess I need to renew my subscription to Pro Football Focus. Um, <laughs> random things I discovered during podcasts. Uh, let's see. The Titans are 18th in passing yards and 24th in rush, rushing yards on offense. They're 27th in opposing passing yards and 30th against the rush on defense. So yeah, hopefully the running <laughs> game can find a way to get going. Um, and yeah, it was a 31 point deficit, 51 to 20 that they lost to the Bears last week. Which, speaking of, since I just brought up the Bears, I just want to point out that my Super Bowl, my preseason Super Bowl, is this weekend with the Texans playing the Bears. Alpha, Alpha wanted to let you know that he likes spreads, whatever that means. That's <laughs> kind of disturbing. Thanks, Alpha. I'm well, glad my, you enjoyed the spread. Already shot out of the water. So. Your what shot out of the water? My Super Bowl picks. Oh. Did you take the Dolphins? No, I picked the Steelers and the Panthers. Oh. Yeah. Um, There were a lot of people that jumped on the Panthers bandwagon this year. I mean, from Cam Newton being the MVP to them being a dark horse Super Bowl pick and all kinds of stuff. It's like... Yeah. I I mean... One one good season one good season from a rookie quarterback is not going to be enough to make me think that you're going to the Super Bowl. I could be proven wrong. I mean, Andrew Luck could suddenly become <laughs> the man and take the Colts to the Super Bowl next year. But wouldn't that be an awesome what? AFC Championship game? Broncos Colts in Indy. Oh my! Mm-hmm. But <laughs> just random well, my things. Reason, I think of. My reason for that pick was I thought number one they have a really good power running game and they were going to run all over people that way and I thought their defense had improved but neither one of those came true so oh well and speaking of power running I made the statement um, earlier on a podcast I think it was when we played the Rams and somebody made a comment um, about you know somebody something being mistaken for something else and I, I made the snide comment that uh Daniel Thomas would never be mistaken for a power running back. And so he's making me eat my words right now. I am very, very pleased with the way he's running the ball. Now, he's not getting a lot of yards per carry, but a lot of that comes from uh, third down, goal line carries, where you're only going to get a yard at a time. But when he, when he there was a, a moment in that game where he, he, hit, he, he, he got the ball, got hit, or maybe it was a Jets game, I don't know, but he drug like, three or four defenders, another two or three yards. And I, we didn't see that from him at all last year. And he is just, you know, it seems like he is, you know, finding those running lanes a little better. He's things that he looks like he's playing a little faster. So, I, you know, I, I, I say it's too early to, to say that he might challenge Reggie Bush for a starting job, but with the way he's running, with the type of – he's running angry and with purpose right now, I could see it happening if Reggie keeps, you know, dancing behind the line of scrimmage looking for the big play yeah. and not going to that four yard to carry he said he was going to. <laughs> so uh, I am very pleased right now with the way Daniel Thomas has been playing. 
I think uh I think part of it is Thomas I think he's comfortable with that helmet. Since he went to the slightly oversized helmet to protect him from concussions. I think he uh-huh. I think he enjoys that. I think that it 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 gives him some sort of comfort that he feels like he can take that hit again. And so he he is. The last week or so, maybe 2 weeks, he he hasn't shied away from contact as much as he used to. So I think uh I I think that's a good thing. Um I think we uh <coughs> I think we have to get Reggie going, but I think that the fact that Daniel Thomas is starting to come around is doing is going to do good things and have good returns for the Dolphins. The the trick is going to be what's going on with Lamar Miller because he started playing early in the year, then he disappeared for a while, then he made a short little brief guest appearance and I don't know what the deal is with him. I don't know why the team has just basically taken him out of the rotation. Even when Daniel Thomas is out for injury, it's all Reggie Bush all the time. So, I think part of that is that we're, we're passing more. We are. I mean, Reggie we definitely had 10 are. carries for 41 yards this week. I mean, we're not – I mean, and, and Daniel Thomas, now that he's back in, I think, in the Jets game, I think he had more carries than Bush. Um, and I watched that uh, – Whatever it is on NFL Network, the sound effects where they had Reggie Mike, and he somebody said that to him. He's like, he's like, well, we just haven't run that many plays. Um, so I mean, I think if we're getting back up to those high number of plays again, I think we're going to see Miller more. And he had that one run against Indianapolis, and he picked up like seven yards as he was stumbling around. I mean, if he keeps right. his teeth there, he might have more. Um, so I don't know. I don't know either. If it's just to me, it seems like that there's there are just not enough touches to give him more than one or two a game at this point uh, because either uh, they're wanting to throw the ball more or we're just not getting enough total plays in the game. I will say um, I saw it in an email today, and maybe I can pull it up <laughs> because I can't remember who actually did the simulations. But um, wasn't it Thomas that caught the 14-yard pass on third and 15? Yes. And we we came up one yard short, or fourth and fifteen, I guess it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. They said that. Man, I wish I could. I want to be able to give credit where credit is due, but they uh, they ran simulations of that game, figure or calculating that it had been a fifteen yard gain, and the Dolphins had gotten that first down, and uh, what would happen? And it became something like 69% chance that the Dolphins would win the game. And uh, there it is, predictionmachine.com, which I'll give you the other stat that they did. But predictionmachine.com did this, and it was with 230 – oh, I'm sorry, with 137 left in the fourth, Miami's trailing the Colts 23-20, Miami's ball fourth and 15 at the 45. Tannehill completes a pass to Daniel Thomas for 14 yards. The Dolphins come up a yard short, turnover on downs. What would have happened if the Dolphins got that extra yard? Yard. If Daniel Thomas was able to extend for the first down, Miami becomes the favorite to win the game 59.6% of the time. The game most likely would have gone to overtime with the final of 26-23 Dolphins. So, interesting. It always does come down to one play, but um, 
they also uh, predictionmachine.com also ran a simulation of the um, Jacksonville Jaguars versus Alabama because of all this talk of could Alabama beat a pro team? No way. And they ran it 50,000 times. 94% of the time, Jacksonville wins by an average of 33 to 9. So, yeah. Um, interesting. But no, no, no college team can beat a pro team. That's just I, ridiculous. I, I understand that people are like, well, they're so good. But you have to look at the fact that the 53rd man on every NFL roster was a starter at college level. I mean, right. And maybe I mean, not for Bama, but I mean, but yeah, he, I mean, the 53rd guy, the guy that won't see any playing time and is going to be listed as inactive was a starter somewhere in college football, which tells you that right. the 22 men that are starting the game are by far and away above anything Alabama's putting on the field. Now, will some of their guys become starters in the NFL? Of course they will. But yeah, they're, and they're not there probably yet. Start, someone could probably start right now, but that's – I mean, there's a reason that no matter how good you are in college, when you get to the NFL, the speed of it just the speed of the game, blows yeah. you away. Exactly. I mean, even, even, even Andrew Luck, who, who might wind up being the, you know, the best quarterback since, since Manning, for all we know, it's taken him – I mean, he stumbled, you know, a little bit. He didn't come right, you know, right out of there throwing for 500 yards a game or whatever. You know, I mean, it, it affects everybody. So, hello. Yeah, it, it's been a interesting, uh, <coughs> interesting discussion about that. But yeah, I, there is no way Bama or any SEC team, any any college team anywhere, but. They always go to the SEC because it's the six-time defending championship, I think, five or six-time defending championship uh, conference. But I don't know if they're going to pull it off this year. I have a feeling that Bama's going to lose at some point. Don't tell Bama fans. But if you're a Bama fan, you probably shouldn't be listening to this because, uh, yeah, we don't like Bama. I, I think I think it's being at that loss than that win out of that. Say again? I'm so disappointed in that win Saturday night. I mean, that is oh, yeah. the oh, yeah. remainder of the weekend. Yeah. I mean, they come back. LSU has them beat. They come back, win the game. I was like, and I wanted to lose just to mess that whole, you know, they have the other three teams undefeated, and hopefully they'll win out and keep Bama and the SEC and everybody else out of it. I, I was what I was hoping for. Then they come back and win. Then the Dolphins lose, and Casey can't get tricked. I mean, it was just, I was like, <laughs> I'm sure it's Monday, and you don't ever hear <laughs> Um, To go real quick, because I just pulled it up, the practice report for today for the Dolphins, Marshall and Koamisi did not participate. Obviously, Marshall was listed on the IR after that. But then limited were uh, Mastrid, Tony McDaniel, Mike Pouncey, and Paul Soliai were all limited in practice. And full participation were Carroll, Dansby, Hartline, Lane, Long, Audric, and Tannehill. So, starting to get dinged up a little bit. That's not we, good. We are, but at the same time, oh, we're we're healthier than I expected us to be at this point. I mean, it's just it it seems like the injuries that we are getting are like 
lagging or uh, lingering nagging injuries. We can't get the guy that just has a bruised knee for a week. We get Tannehill or Reggie Bush who have bruised knees for a month at a time. Or we get Carlos Dansby's bicep muscle, which for some reason is bothering him for multiple weeks now. And not saying that it should heal rapidly, but it just seems like we're we're getting those weird injuries that just, for some reason, they keep hanging around. They're nothing that's going to keep you out of playing, but it's enough to bother you. So, Pouncey has a knee and ankle injury. So, that's special. Yeah, that's not that's not good. Uh, yeah. So let's see. Uh we have Pouncey injured. We have Long injured. So that's our offensive line. On defensive line we have McDaniel, Soli and Audric. Hartline has a hamstring injury. Um linebackers Koamisi didn't practice at all with a calf injury, and then Dansby with the bicep injury, and then Tannehill with the knee injury, and Carroll with the knee injury. Seems like he's on the pra- or on the um, injury report every single week lately. He's out there playing. Why he, he plays, yeah. Yeah, he's on the injury report every week right now. I think that's, that's just, just, just how it goes. Yeah. Okay, again, Chris? I would say, speaking of front line, he has now surpassed his best season total ever in yep. week eight. And his own pace have like a 1,200-yard season. Yeah, 12 to 13, yeah, somewhere in there. 13, it's actually 13-something, isn't it? It's uh, a bit, yeah. Four right now, so whatever that times two is. What, what was it? I didn't hear you broke up. He's got 664. He's got 664 total yards right now. Uh, thirteen or twenty, twenty-eight. Yeah, thirteen twenty-eight. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's pretty decent for a guy that sat out all of preseason and people were really thinking wouldn't have any contribution at all this year. Yeah, for a number so, four wide receiver. Yeah. But. Uh, yes, yeah, so a wide a wide receiver that many on the. Uh, the blog would would make statements that couldn't make another NFL roster. I've, I've seen that a couple times. Yep. But what's Reggie's rushing total right now? It's like four something. He's, so, he's over five hundred. Is he? It's it's five thirty four. Is what he's at. He was five. So, yeah, he was four thirty four ninety three coming into the game. I remember that. So ten ten sixty eight. Another thousand yard season for him. That's pretty good. Yeah, and Tannehill's got 17, 17. Yeah, so 3,500. 35, 35, yeah, 3,500. Yeah, so that's a – yeah, we, we're, we're on pace for good, decent stats. Um, I don't want to play the stats or everything game, but in – What's the rookie What's the rookie yardage mark for a year? What's the record? Uh, Whatever Cam Newton be, last year. It's got to be Cam Newton. Yeah. yeah. Did he hit the four grand mark or – yeah, he was over four thousand. Oh, let's maybe. try this. I have Google used it. What's really, what's really cool before he gets that answer? <laughs> what's really cool is Bess is not quite on pace for a thousand yard season, but I can't stop one good now. game, a few good games from Bess, and we could have two thousand yard receivers this season. Yeah, that's true. 
because I think he I think he's somewhere in the neighborhood of he's he's like 940 or 960 yards. It's his projected total. So he's really just one monster game from from being put right into that into that mix for having a thousand yards. So I think that would I think that would be. You know, I think that would be kind of a smack in the face to everybody, including Dolphins fans, who said our wide receiving four was so bad that that we have two guys over a thousand yards. Four thousand fifty-one. <coughs> Thank you, Wikipedia. Four thousand fifty-one yards for Cam Newton last year. Yeah, I don't think Cam Hill's going to break that. Or wonder, wonder what wonder what pace uh, Luck is on. He's at he's at twenty four oh four right now. Ooh, which is the same as Peyton Manning. Yeah, exactly. That's why I know that they made a big deal of it. He's on. He has exactly the same number of passing yards this season as Peyton Manning. At this Dude, point, that's pretty. That's that's pretty amazing. That's yeah. pretty impressive. They both have twenty four hundred and four yards. Yeah, I don't know gonna, how that's gonna possible. Blow. <laughs> He'll blow away the rookie record with that. What's Griffin at? Um, I don't know. Griffin's Griffin has dropped off lately, and I mean, he's at ninety passer rating still for the year. Yeah, so it's not like he's dropped into oblivion and is suddenly the worst quarterback out there. But he's definitely dropped off from what he was doing. But you don't have to add in his total yards because he's going to get a lot of yards on the ground too. He is. So he's got that, he's got nineteen nineteen hundred ninety three yards. So he's. He's doing quite well. Uh, he's right at four thousand. Whedon, yeah. Whedon is over two thousand. So, <laughs> Whedon has twenty eighty eight. Whedon's also Whedon's also got a higher a higher uh, rating than uh, Griffin right now. Yeah. Oh, oh no, is, not rating. No higher yardage. What was I? Whedon is um, Whedon is uh, Brett Favre. He's going to throw the ball up there. And receivers have to go get it. And he's going to have lots of interceptions, but he's going to have touchdowns, and he's going to have lots of yardage too. So that's that's how Marino made a living a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, if you go back and look at those old tapes, I mean, that's when they were mugging receivers. He had to just throw it up there and trust that he had guys to go get it. And luckily, Clayton Duper or Rondé Gadsden, those guys could go up there and get it. That more, yeah. Um. David Boston heading yeah. to jail now. Herman um. <laughs> Fryer was great miss for a long time with us. Not a long time. It seemed like he was with us for a long time. Uh, Keith Byers. Keith Byers, that's a good one. Um, Chris Chambers, when he wasn't dropping it, he could go up and make a play. Um, who am I forgetting? Randy McMichael. Yeah. Michael could go up and make a play. Isn't he still playing? He is. Um, San Diego, I think. Is he like 95 now? How old is he? He's, he's somewhere around there. Jeez. He's, he's somewhere around there. But, okay, um, here's the discussion that I, I texted you about this this morning, James, and I found it absolutely hilarious. I thought this morning, because I ended up going into work late because I feel like this, and uh, I won't – I won't. although, here, you know what? I told you I have new sounds. I feel like today. So <laughs> I need I need to get a better one. It's not long enough. 
But I'm ready. I'm ready for whenever Ohio comes on. Hey, you know, you know who could have used that beep? Who's that? Tony Corinthi. Yes, that's true. That's very true. Um, we'll get into that. I'll, I'll let you tell that story in just a second. Um, they, uh, I really thought I'm sitting here today. TV's on. Um, I, I enjoy Mike and Mike in the morning. I take it for what it's worth because DSPM, but I do like Mike and Mike in the morning. Um, they, they, they are pretty good at actually talking about things other than just Tim Tebow and all that kind of stuff. Well, after Mike and Mike on ESPN2 comes the greatest show ever made, and I say that with the sarcasm box fully in place, um, First Take, which if everybody remembers, back to cold pizza, First Take was actually a decent talk show type thing, and somehow it's become – the Stephen A. Smith yell at Skip Bayless, who yells at Stephen A. Smith show. So today they have Bill Romanowski on there. And I think Bill Romanowski was trying to kill Stephen A. Smith because they asked Bill Romanowski, should Tebow be playing? And without even hesitating, Romanowski said, absolutely. He needs to be starting. He's going to be able to put that team on his back and get them wins, and he could one day carry them to the Super Bowl. And Stephen A. Smith lost it. He, he, he wouldn't let Bill Romanowski keep talking. He'd ask a question, and as Bill started trying to get the first words out, Stephen A. Smith is yelling over him. And it just – I, I thought his head was going to explode. I thought he was going to have a heart attack right there on set. It was awesome. But uh, then uh, – Bill Romanowski said, you know what? You know who Tim Tebow reminds me of? He reminds me of Rich Gannon, which, of course, then spun Stephen A. Smith into a whole nother era. But he said – Bill Romanowski said, look, I played against Gannon for years. I played with Gannon. He was not a good quarterback when he came in the league. He wasn't. He couldn't make throws. But as he got more playing time and as he had more time in the league, he developed – nicely to the point that he became a champion so why are we having issue with tebow let him go out there let him throw his 48 percent because that's what Stephen a smith was yelling at him let him throw his 48 percent because you know what i don't care about that i care about the w if you throw for 48 percent and come out with a w that's a win that's all i need but i just thought it was interesting i really thought that uh Stephen A. Smith was going to die on national television today. Uh, okay, so I'll let you go on. The, of, go on. I was say, and the sound of the the national applause would have been deafening. <laughs> uh, you can go on with the uh, Carinti story, and James, you've you've got to check your board. Um. um yeah. I didn't hear exactly everything. I did hear I did hear a GD in there. Apparently there was an F bomb, yeah. but apparently uh, Tony Corrente forgot to cut off his mic. When I don't know what the problem was. Apparently Miami did something, and there was a flag that shouldn't have been thrown, but they had to discuss it three or four times. And he left, and Tony Corrente, the head, the, the, the referee had his mic on at one point, and one of the refs came over and said something, and apparently some some foul language came out, at which uh, the TV announcer was like, oh, sorry, you had to hear that kind of thing. And uh, then he thought his mic was off, and then he cut it 
off, he cut it off and tried to explain whatever was going on. So nobody could understand. But I don't know yeah. what kind of trouble he's going to get in for that. But that was a big, uh, a, a big deal. It was talked about a little bit, and then yeah, made a few articles about his and his. Uh, Apparently, what the <laughs> NFL said on. was uh, they they are looking into it, and they they want to discuss it with him. But yeah, apparently uh the one ref came over and dropped the F bomb and then as Corinthi was about to make his call and he turned his mic on, the ref started calling for a huddle and somebody called him, Hey, come over here and he looked and went, What the G D are you doing? And yeah. So the F bomb apparently was only heard in the stadium. But the uh but um Everything else kind of came across national TV, so that's uh, usually not a good thing. So, <laughs> should be a fun day in the NFL offices. Yeah. But, well, but I mean, stuff like that's going to happen because I mean, you know, not everybody out there can be like uh, oh, I can't think of that, uh, that guy's name. He used to play for the Panthers, but he never would say test words, and he would just call guys like doo doo head and stuff like that. So. <laughs> so uh, and it reminded me of a commercial a few years ago. It was an Orbitz commercial, and these two girls get in a fight, and one of them goes, you lint liquor. Um, but, yeah, I don't think you're going to hear doo-doo head and lint liquor a lot on, on, on the field. So, um, yeah, stuff like that. You know, yeah, it went on national TV, but, you know, it was an accident. I, it's not something yeah. I would get too worked up over. I mean, if it was a common occurrence. I mean, if you had Ed Hockey Lee out there saying this was an effing you know, first down every week or something, then yeah, but it's one time. Just, you know, slap him on the wrist and tell him to pay attention next time. Um, Keith Jackson was brought up as somebody who could make plays. I'm looking through uh, <laughs> through the live thread as you're talking. So. That's the guy I couldn't <laughs> think of. <laughs> but. Yeah, so apparently um <coughs> apparently uh we're over an hour, so I guess the show uh met its minimum time frame. <laughs> Doesn't seem like we've been talking for an hour, but maybe that's because I'm sort of out of it. I don't know. <laughs> do you want to do just the minimum in life, Kevin? I do <laughs> want to do just the minimum in life. <laughs> I have people skills, damn it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry I, was... <laughs> I think cold that's... medicine's starting to kick in. That's why that's my line from office space. Sometimes. <laughs> we we uh we, we use that line about every other day at work. Oh what? you just so, want to do the minimum? No, the uh I have people skills. So what is oh. it you what is it you say you exactly do here? Yes. <laughs> I have people skills. <laughs> I take, yelling at him. So I great. get the I get the orders from the engineers or from the customer. And then do you take them down to the engineers? No, my secretary does that. <laughs> so what is it you say you do here? <laughs> uh the fun times we have on the podcast where we just suddenly start going off on the movie tangents. Such a great movie, though. <laughs> all, all, all filmed within the, the greatness of the city of Austin as well. Yep. 
Yep. That's our many of his movies. That's true. Apparently, uh, the um, the courthouse in the new version of uh, oh, what's that western movie that just came out? Why can't I not think of the name of it? Cowboys and Aliens. Nope, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a remake of an actually of a good movie, not Cowboys, Cowboys and Aliens. When I heard that, go. I just thought. Okay, Hollywood just finally ran out of ideas, and now they're just slapping two ideas together. Ideas. <laughs> Next, we're going to have Cowboys and Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, and, and it'll be Cowboys and Zombies. And you just, <laughs> put zombies and Aliens. You just... <laughs> well, we already had Predators versus Aliens. Yeah, or aliens yeah, we, can, we can mix so. and match all day long. Freddy vs. Queen Victoria. <laughs> what? See, that would be amazing. <laughs> Brilliant. But no, True Grit. It was filmed in um, courthouse. The new, the new version. The courthouse scene was filmed in a courthouse actually just south of here. That uh, I say here, like you guys know exactly where I am. Colleen I do is, know exactly where you are. I know. Here in I know you know. Colleen is basically dead center of Texas if you didn't count, like, El Paso, because that's so far out west it should be another state. Well, actually, El Paso should probably not be in the country, but that's a whole other issue. Duke, do you know what Colleen's famous for? I'm sorry, famous for having me. the only Kmart in the state of Texas. You know, it does actually have Kmart. <laughs> it's the only one in the state of Texas. I'm not lying to you. You know what? Do you know what? Um, do you know what Colleen was famous for before Virginia Tech decided to take the record, or didn't decide to take the record? That makes it sound glib. I'm not trying to sound. Oh, that the, the 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 shootout shoot- at the Lubies. Lubies. Yeah. yeah. The Lubies shootout that was the worst shooting in U.S. history was in Colleen until the shooting at Virginia Tech. God. Colleen is in an interesting place. We also have Fort Hood here, which has the major who decided to go on a shooting rampage, who is still not on trial yet. He won't um, shave his beard. Because he won't shave his beard. So the Army finally got clearance to forcibly shave him. Um, and then uh, we also had – the, we had – Guys from Fort Bragg out in North Carolina way for anybody that lives out in North Carolina, why you would want to, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Great. <laughs> Fort Bragg came out here and tried to do a uh, – or had a conspiracy to try to blow up a restaurant frequented by soldiers here. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, they, they, they caught that guy before he did anything yeah. though. Because he went to a uh, the one of the local gun stores and started asking questions about ammunition and guns that set off the warning in the head of the gun salesman. So he called Thank the God. Cop, called Homeland Security and FBI and they caught those guys. Thank God. So, because yeah. a lot of times those guys just sell stuff and then you know the the yeah. cops go back later and go, did that not seem odd to you, dude? <laughs> Yeah. Apparently, he was asking like, what would have, 
what what kind of ammo had good penetration and stuff like that. And so the guy went, um, something's not right here. <laughs> so, yeah. They they called the cops and they caught them. So that's the history of Colleen. So everybody, come move here. No. Um, <laughs> I will say the Fort Bragg area, that, that part of North Carolina, I wouldn't want to live in either. I like the <laughs> My my brother will be at Fort Bragg sometime late or sometime next year. He'll be at Fort Bragg. Well, I had a first cousin that was at Fort Hood, I believe, the same time that you were, or still are. I don't know. He's not there now, but he used to be. So I'll have to text you about that. I used to be here, and then I wasn't here, and now I'm back here. <laughs> so, yeah, and now apparently I'm. Moving to a new unit on Fort Hood. So, hey, it's fun being Just in there. Just stay in Texas. We'll it's see. <laughs> we'll see. Well, that's where your house is, so it makes it more it convenient. Is. It is. It, it is kind of convenient to have my house in the city I live in. Because, you're, versus, because your wife and child are also stationed in that house. Yeah, they definitely are. Um, so. the, the whole owning a house in Texas and living in Florida kind of was not conducive to living in my house. Um, right. The commute was kind of a bit um, long, but <laughs> hey, hey, this is a Miami Dolphins blog. <laughs> people, people want to know these things. Yes. <laughs> what do you want to know? We're Finsider yeah. celebrities. We are Finsider celebrities, aren't we? We are. <laughs> <laughs> There are plenty of lakes in this area. Thanks, James. <laughs> oh, don't tell me that. I'll go. I'll go back to. Uh, I'll go back to my anonymous Texas cowpunk. You you could do that. I mean, I don't like the say, idea of ever being famous ever. It does say follow at Texas cowpunk right above your name. I know. <laughs> and I've had people like message me and go, "Can I still call you Tex? Like, yeah, you can call me. You know, call me whatever." As long as it's not like a hole or something, I'm fine. How did, how did I introduce? How did I introduce you on the show? Did I say Tex or did I say James? Uh, you always introduced me as James. Oh, okay. Gen- generally, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Duke, Duke, I kind of just hit or miss on calling him Chris, Duke, or Earl. I don't know. <laughs> it's I think I got Chris and Duke tonight. <laughs> it's well, I'll I, even I'll I'll talk to Chris on the phone and I'll sometimes call him Duke and I think. Why I'm calling him Duke on the phone? That's not his name. As long as you're not well, calling that, him, like my lord I've or my nickname, I've had the nickname Earl or the Earl for about 15 years, and it was to the point that when I was in college and I started dating uh, the the lady who is my wife now, uh, she would call up my apartment and she would ask for Chris, and my roommate would go, "Who? Oh, oh you mean Earl?" And they would go, "You mean I get the phone?" So. <laughs> Um, that was in the days before cell phones. So uh, Wait, we dated a long time. How old are you? I am thirty-four. <laughs> he called the, called her his la- the lady that he the, the lady that is now my wife. Funny, very proper. Yes, yes, that's true. The former Mrs. or the former Miss um, Miss something other yeah. than Duke. So she was calling out call for Chris and. And she won't call me Earl, but everyone else, you know, y'all, you two are probably the only two that call me Chris on a regular basis besides people I work with and my wife. So just about everybody else you uh, interact with. Earl. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I called my friends up. They're like, Earl, what's up? That's 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 how it is. So that's I funny. When I when people call me, they usually go, "Hey, Nogel." Nogel. I don't know why. I don't think I've ever called you Nogel. No, I get that a lot though. But that's probably it doesn't roll off the tongue army. like Kevin. Like that whole Kevin. army thing. But uh, yeah. Well, I get about probably once every two weeks I get an email from my brother of somebody in the army sent me something that went to him because they just look up Nogle and the army has a global address book so it pulls up and they just pick the first one and his name starts with a C, my name starts with a K. They pick him first. Oh, how lazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be more fun when my brother, my other brother picks up his and he'll, he's his name starts with T, so there will be three of us listed there now. Plus, there are actually there's actually a female spells her name the same way but pronounces it differently. Uh, captain somewhere in the army that uh, exists too. So we're we're getting we're expanding apparently. Huh? Uh, yeah. One thing like the I I I once bought a or I built a house in Keller in about six months after I moved in. Like over two week period, I literally got hundreds of cards for uh, for my supposed wife because I had supposedly died, and there was another uh-huh. James McKinney and Keller that had passed away. That was some well known um, former teacher for U- at UT or something, and all his former students. I mean, just literally hundreds of cards were coming in, and I had to, I had to eventually called the post office, and they came and got them from me. And found her and <laughs> took them to her. So like I'm getting these, I'm getting like twenty or thirty of these a day. So at least that's never happened to you. Yeah, that's true. I have had stuff. Um, I haven't had that. I've had the weird stuff that my wife mailed me while I was in Iraq, and it showed up like a year, eighteen months after I got back. So I don't know where it went for two years, but. Yeah. It's the post system. It shows up eventually. They'll get it to you. You just don't know when. <laughs> I'd really like to know how long it was in Iraq itself, wandering around different bases in Iraq. Dude, weird stuff happened. My grandparents—I <laughs> I don't know if I told you—my grandparents lived in Iran in the seventies, and my mom would send pictures of, like, she would send family pictures to my grandmother. Right. And. uh Usually they'd get through, but, you know, we'd get a family photo done like every six months or whatever. And a couple times she would get the photo, and they had taken the photo out of the frame, like the authorities over there had opened the package, taken the photo out of the frame, put the picture of my mother out because she was just wearing, you know, like a sundress or something, and that was too risque. So they would cut her out and destroy that and then send the rest of the picture of, like, my dad and us kids to her. You know, my mother would be, like, cut out the picture. So bizarre. I, uh... I flew once from Bahrain when my dad was stationed there. Um, And if you guys don't know, I think you guys know, but if you don't know where Bahrain is, it's a 20-mile-long island just off the coast of Saudi Arabia in the Persian Gulf. So uh, I was flying from there to Germany on a uh, high school trip, and uh, we had to fly from Bahrain into Saudi Arabia – and then from Saudi Arabia on to Germany. And nobody was getting off the plane in Saudi. It was not a like layover or anything. There were people getting on the plane, 
but nobody was getting off this plane. Before we landed, and it's less than a 15-minute flight. I mean, you are going down as you're taking off. I mean, it was like, did you really just use the fuel to get us here? Um, we uh, So as we're getting ready to land, the pilot comes on and tells us, hey, as you go into Saudi, or as we're going into Saudi right now, um, we will have customs inspectors come on the plane to inspect. If you have anything that they find – um, in the least bit questionable, they will confiscate it. So if you have a book out, go ahead and put the book in the overhead compartment. If you have any alcohol, put it in the overhead compartment. They won't open those, but if they see you with it, they will take it. And if you have a book, they will flip through it, and if they find one word in it that they object to, they will take it. So just put it all away. Don't let it be seen, and as soon as we take off again or as soon as they leave the plane, I'll let you know and you can get it back out. And so that's what everybody had to do. We all had to put it in the overhead compartment, sit there and wait for these guys to walk the plane, walk back out, and we all got it back out. And I was like, that's just weird. When in Rome. Yeah, or when oh. in Saudi. Uh, Saudi Arabia. Interesting, interesting place. But yeah, they lived. They, they lived after they left um, Iran for obvious reasons. They lived in Iraq, or not Iraq, Kuwait for a long time. But they they ran into a lot of just really odd things there too. Yep. But Kuwait's fairly liberal compared to it is many of the many of the other you know countries around there. Yep. There's a Fuddruckers in Kuwait. There's a Fuddruckers in Bahrain too. But there are Fuddruckers. Until the idiocracy hits, and then it'll have to change its name. Yes. But <laughs> okay, so what what. What dolphin stuff are we talking about? <laughs> I just wanted to see if you pick up on that. You had to think about it for a second. I did. I did. <laughs> um, new look doesn't uh, mean a different Jake Long for Miami Dolphins. What does that mean? What? Dolphin tackle Jake Long said cutting his long locks had nothing to do with his play of late. He just felt it was time for a new look. Oh. So apparently Jake Long is Samson. I'm not really sure what happened here. If he cut he his actually the inverse Samson. Yeah. So he had short hair and it was great. He grew his hair out, started playing bad. So if he cuts his hair off again, he'll become all pro again. We'll see. Tebow not giving know. Wildcat rave reviews. Sorry, I'm looking at headlines right now because um, <laughs> I'm trying to bring us back to football. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Tebow isn't giving the Wildcat package rave reviews. He has played eight, 55 offensive snaps this year. But, okay. I mean, I'm done with you know, Tebow. I mean, the Jets were never that great offensively anyway. But Hey, Tony I mean, Sperano is that. the man for field goals. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's... It, you know, they brought him in, and it was kind of like they expected, yeah, they're going to go back to the ground and pound kind of stuff, whatever. But, you know, they talk about, oh, we've got in Tebow, we're going to have all these wrinkles. And, and you know, it just kind of made me think of like a bunch of hobos sitting under a bridge talking about how they're going to get rich. You know, it's like you have all these great plans, but they're really not going to ever amount to anything kind of deal, so... I don't know. They they just they're funny to me and, and they're funny to everybody, aren't they? 
Yeah, always have the Jets <laughs> fans. But and then Rex Ryan was voted the uh, most overrated coach by in a players poll. I did like uh, they asked Jason Taylor about that on Sports Center, NFL Live, NFL Thirty Two, Numbers Never Lie, whatever show he is on today or yesterday or the day before. Um, they asked him about about that exact thing about coaches, overrated coaches. And uh, he said, look, I'm not going to be one. Every coach that I've ever had, I learned from. He said, Jimmy Johnson brought me in this league, and I learned so much from him. And I know Dolphins fans aren't going to want to hear this, but I learned a ton of stuff from Nick Saban. The guy knows football. I I know that fans in Miami don't like him, but who's crunching what? That's uh, Duke. (laughs) Man, Duke. Man, I can't hear myself. Um, so, uh, um, Nick Saban taught Jason Taylor a lot, and he never he never mentioned Rex, even though he did play for a year for Rex. But he said, "Look, I, I don't take much into this. I do question who they are asking because I played in the league for 15 years, and I never once got asked to be in part, any part of these surveys." So I don't know. Are they picking the 53 guys that are on the bottom of the roster? I mean, is that who they're surveying? I don't know. But he said, I look at it, and number two is Bill Belichick, and number five is Mike Tomlin. I don't think I can go ahead and uh, say that this actually has credence when those two guys make the top five overrated quarter or overrated coaches. I was like, that's a really valid point. <laughs> hmm. But I mean, and we saw the overrated players. Brady was sixth or ninth, or Reggie Reggie was sixth. Tom Brady was ninth on that. So yeah, it's interesting who they. How is Tom Brady overrated? I mean, I know Dolphin fans don't like him for obvious reasons, but how do you overrate a guy that has his team? It seems like they're in the Super Bowl like every other year. They win the only half thing of them. I, can... I mean, how 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 overrated is he? The only thing that I can figure that they meant by it, and it kind of makes sense, is that his play has gone down over the past few years as he's gotten older. Right. And are they looking at it like everybody still sees him as the greatest quarterback out there, even though he's not playing to the same level he used to? That's the only way I can figure out to justify him being overrated. But, yeah, I I, I don't know. Um, I mean, number one, the same number thing happened one, to Marino. It happens to everybody. Yeah. Number one was Tebow, number two was Sanchez, number six was Reggie Bush, and number nine was Tom Brady. And those were the only AFC East people in the top 20 or 15, whatever the list was. Well, I could see the first two. But I do think it's funny that the two Jets quarterbacks are number one and number two. But um, since, uh, since we're not really talking football anymore, I'll go ahead and start closing out the show. Um, one thing I do want to say is the Dolphins did release a couple hours ago that the show, the show, the game will be televised in the Miami market. The blackout criteria has been reached. So, and I think they did already announce the Patriots game was sold out too. So, I'll pull up the five hundred six to see what what we're getting here. I'm sure it won't be, but. Yeah. yeah, we we won't be getting we'll be getting the Denver Carolina game, of course. Oh, good. That makes no sense. Yeah. Um, 
Because anyone here cares about either of those teams. Uh, yep. So, NFL Sunday ticket, it's good to have you. James, yeah. you don't have it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no comment. <laughs> but um, I will say I got today, and if you guys follow me on Twitter, which if you don't, I don't know why you don't because I am the greatest person on Twitter ever. Um, not that I use it all the time, but I am the greatest person on Twitter. I'm I'm, I'm kind of a big deal, if you guys don't know. Uh, I thought you were going to say you were the greatest person ever for a second. I was like, oh, my. No, no, <laughs> no. Do you have I, any leather-bound top, books? Top three, top five maybe, but n- not greatest ever. Um, <laughs> does your house smell of rich mahogany? It does. I have many <laughs> leather-bound books. <laughs> That's what Duke asked if you had many leather oh, bound books. Oh, yes. I didn't hear it. So I had to ask I'm I sorry, had Duke. to ask the obligatory mahogany question. <laughs> I am kind of a big deal. San Diego. <laughs> the Germans founded it. Which we all know in German means. <laughs> the random topics we go on as this show keeps going. Uh but <laughs> I uh, I posted on Twitter today that I did get my three shirts that I bought from the Dol- the, the Finsider store. Um, if you guys would like to check out the Finsider uh, store and the shirts that are available, um, you can find it on my timeline. So check the timeline. Uh, <laughs> I'll post a I'll post a uh, fan shot link to it, or you can check my timeline to give you the Omar answer. Check the timeline. Um, but yeah, they're pretty nice shirts. I like them. I, I like them. They're just cotton t-shirts, but they're uh, they look good. The guys at Game Day Depot do a pretty good job, so I'm happy with them. So make sure you check those out if you would like to get a Finsider t-shirt. There's all kinds I'm of different sure we'll designs. I'll be here in the next stuff. couple days. There you go. You get all kinds of different designs and. Um, I have all kinds of different stuff up on there. If you guys have ideas for shirts you would like to see, email them to me or post them or something or send me a tweet. Um, I can see what I can do. Um, I am kind of a big deal. I can get shirts into the store as you guys would like them. You can also customize your shirts however you want. If you just want to design a shirt that's unique to you, you can do that on it too. Um, It's pretty cool. I like that. Beaver wants to know. Beaver wants to know how he can win a shirt. Maybe we need to hold the contest some point. We might need later to. in the year. We might need to. I I, I might try to do that. Um, and then uh, the other thing I was going to say, I don't remember what it was, so it must not have been important, and therefore I'm really not going to stress over it. But um, um, yeah. So I don't remember. But hey, that's the show. <laughs> Um, hey, I don't, have, all right. I don't I don't have Keith on here tonight, so I don't have to have a random Wayne's World quote. Uh, so let's go ahead go ahead and go around the horn. Not that we're playing baseball, but hey, why not? Let's go around the horn and going over to shortstop. We'll go with James. Yes, I skip I skip third base. So uh, <laughs> you got anything else you want to bring up? Uh, not this evening, sir. Okay. Well, um, thanks for traveling all the way down here for the show. Since Alpha thinks we're together for the show, well, he thinks we're meeting at a midway point. So I think we're all like, I think we're like in Jacksonville, Mississippi. Um, I'm just guessing. That's 
probably a good <laughs> midpoint for all three of us. We have a we have, we have a super secret location for the show, which actually it's it's kind of I think it's kind of a compliment that he thinks we're all together or that anybody would think that we're all together, because that means we've gotten the show to the point where we're interacting and it's not forced or we're, we're getting better at the not talking over each other thing. So yeah, well I, I, I can see, I can see them thinking because they don't know where you live in in respect to where I live, so they might think that you know we just meet up down the street. We do but, have we do have I mean, like we fly our we have to fly Chris in every week. And that would get really expensive really fast. I don't think that's in the show's budget. And my arms would be very tired. That's true. Your arms would be very tired. I have my own plane. Don't you know that? Because I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah, tra- tra- transporting him here by tank would take a really long time, I imagine. <laughs> you don't have to worry about traffic. No, Think but about that. Uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to have traffic jams. I mean, you just go over them. But, well, Chris, going around from shortstop over to first base because I don't have enough to fill out an infield. So at first, Chris, you got anything? <laughs> A uh, couple things. One, um, he's Casey not in the running. He's not in the lead, I should say, right now. But to say the Dolphins make the playoffs this year, then I believe that Joe Philbin could be easily nominated for Coach of the Year. Uh, he's getting a lot of recognition uh, by some folks. I read on NFL.com today. They rated all 32 coaches, and he was third. Uh, nice. Wow. Based on the work that they've done, so I know uh, who's who's Mike, meeting him at one and two. Do what? Who was one and uh, two? I'm just curious. I can't remember now. I think uh, well, uh, Chuck Pagano and Bruce Arians was one. Yeah. And I I can't remember. I want to say I think Mike Smith was two. Is either Mike Smith or Kubiak? It was one of those guys. So. Uh, they said basically that you know the Dolphins were after watching Hard Knocks and their you know all the stuff going on in the off season they were joke they were going to be the worst team in the league and now they're competitive they're relevant again and Joe Philbin's a big part of that yep and so yep. they had him rated third the second thing that I that I'm going to add in finally is people need to go out and vote for the Pro Bowl um, yes there, there, there are several Dolphins there for just a second. <laughs> it's there North Carolina. Where, whereas yeah. Florida, whereas Florida can't decide who they voted for for like another six months or so. Oh, uh, they just they. It's the percentages kick off a mandatory recount yeah. every election. It seems. Yep. So, <laughs> my vote is down there getting counted. The um, there are several Dolphins who are uh, who are playing at a Pro Bowl level that probably won't get recognized. Uh, nationally by some people. The obvious ones would be Mike Pouncey and Cameron Wake. Brandon Fields. Um, uh, Brandon Fields, uh, by, by far. Those guys should be locked. Carlos Stansby uh, is, is playing very well. So is Kevin Burnett. Rashad Jones. Rashad Jones. Than a lot of people get credit yep. for. Marcus Stigtan, in yep. my opinion, is right now playing as a better returner than, than most. Some guys are better kickoff returners, but not as good a punt returner and vice versa. And so he's doing well in that area. On offense, um, you could vote for Hartline maybe, but he probably won't make it. There's some other AFC receivers. Um, 
Fasano, maybe, but there's a couple other tight ends. But for the most part, uh, and of course, I have to vote for Javorski Lane just because. But uh, <laughs> but we have several Dolphins this year, and possibly that, that should make the Pro Bowl, and several that can make All Pro teams. So um, you know, that's, that's pretty good for teams that people consider people thought at the beginning of the year wasn't very talented. Uh, to have some guys step up. Oh, yeah, and Sean Smith, he had a bad game, but I think he's deserving of a Pro Bowl vote, pro bowl vote based on his earlier play. So, uh, Dolphins fans, go out there and vote for the Pro Bowl. Don't, you know, try to vote smart. Don't vote just for all Dolphins. But uh, vote for the ones that truly deserve it. Uh, Screw that. Vote all Dolphins. Well, I, I vote all Dolphins. <laughs> but basically, uh, Brandon Fields, uh, he, he's never going to get it because he's in the same division or conference as Shane Leckler. But Brandon Fields is the best hunter in the league right now. Yep. Um, there, I mean, he, when he steps out on the field. When he steps out on the field, I mean, you almost can see the other team saying, yeah, we're starting at the 10, so let's just deal with it. You know? But, yeah, oh, yeah. Probably just, they could probably just say, just spot the ball at the 10, and we'll just save ourselves from getting hit. So. Um. I am so currently I'm currently besides using my new sound effect jumping into special teams punting. Is that and your typing sound effect? That is my typing sound effect. It's it's funny cuz I I know you're really typing but it does sound like a like a sound effect like you'd hear on the radio. That's, like they go, "Okay, we're going to look this up and they play the sound effect." Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm not I'm not actually typing. That's the keyboard. That's awesome. Topic. I can just do that, yeah. It's 49 seconds long, so we could sit here for a minute almost and listen to it. <laughs> By the way, I've been looking at your at your list of uh, sound effects, and I'm trying to figure out why we have one that's 11 minutes and 26 seconds long. That's the uh, that's the interview with the Pouncey brothers. Uh, oh, oh, way back okay, okay. We're pleased to be joined okay, by this Pouncey, Steelers yeah, okay. Pro Bowl Center okay. Marquise. Pouncy and Miami Dolphins center Mike Pouncy. Gentlemen, how are you? It's the interview with the Pouncy brothers. I can play it randomly. Um, just for the record, uh, Brandon Fields is leading the league in punt average at 51.6. Um, New Orleans punter actually- Thomas Morstead is at 51.2. And Seattle punter John Ryan is at 50, even. And Brandon Fields' average has gone up the past two weeks. Yes. But think about that. He was at 51.2. Then against the Jets, it was 51.4. And then this week, 51.6. So he's getting better. His average is getting better as the year goes along. Uh, And I think he's already had like 12 or 13 that have been downed inside the 20. uh, Inside 20 is 15. Okay. I lost. Good deal. He is... He is ninth in the league in that stat. But he is number one in the league in net average. So, yeah, Dolphins fans need to go out and vote for him and vote for Thig 10. I think Thig 10 is top 10 in in, in both punt returns and uh, kickoff returns in terms of yardage. Um, So... uh, I, I said, you know, after watching him a couple of times in the preseason, I said, man, I'm starting to like this guy, and he's proven to be a, a weapon at that position. So, Thigpen is eighth in total yardage on kickoff returns. Then again, 
everybody above him except Percy Harvin has at least 20 kick returns. Thigpen has 18. Um, in average, in punt returns, he is ninth. In I'm sorry, those are kickoff returns. I'm sorry, I'm backwards. In punt returns, he is second in the league at 14.1 yards per return average. He's at second. He's second, second in punt returns and eighth in kickoff returns. Um, oh, hey, at seventh, at seventh in uh, punt return total yardage is Ted Ginn. In case y'all wanted to know that randomly. Go out and vote for Tig Pen. I think he's deserving of a Pro Bowl spot. But yeah, oh yeah. Plus he wears all of them. That's worthwhile. If he scores one more time, he'll definitely get in. I think. But well, guys, um, we are closing in on our uh, hour and fifteen minute mark. So I will go ahead and close out the show. Um, Thanks, guys, for calling in. Uh, Guys in the live thread, thank you for participating. Hopefully we didn't drive you away with our random <laughs> discussions in the middle of the show that had nothing to do with anything. But hey, it's midweek of a of a uh it's the middle of the week after a game in which the Dolphins did not play so well. So uh looking to uh, forget say, about that. I would say, you know, it's mid season. You know, mid of the week, mid season, but we've already had our bye week a couple weeks ago, so we can't use yeah. that as an excuse. No, I, I will use I will use the flu as my excuse today. I couldn't <laughs> keep the show on track very well because I, I have the flu. And uh, James, as a producer, he likes to just take us on random tangents. I mean, I'm surprised we didn't talk about the Texas Rangers at some point or the Dallas Mavericks. So and the, the Mavs are playing surprisingly well with no Dirk and. A bunch of spares, so they're no spurs. Even though, they, even though they're not spares, well, the spurs are spurs are they're four zero right now. They're they're yeah, they're ridiculous. Yeah, how how that is the first time in uh, franchise history the spurs start four zero? I don't know. That makes no sense to me. That, I mean, that 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 is that is weird, but I don't know. I, I just. With Duncan, as long as Duncan's been there, with uh, the Admiral and the Twin Towers, they never started 4-0. It's just strange. But the Mavericks are 3-1. and So, I mean... They're, and I don't expect a lot out of them this year, but I'm surprised that they're, that they're being competitive. But I think it just speaks to how great Carlisle is. Yeah. He, he does more with less than probably any coach in the NBA. The Lakers are sitting there nicely at one and three. I don't hate yes. the Lakers, but I kind of Lakers and Sacramento. I want to see the Lakers struggle just because um, they have Dwight now, <laughs> and Miami's at four and one, and I think playing right now. I think, but okay. Anyway, that's our show for the night, guys. Uh, we'll be back next week. Make sure you come back next week. Because we'll be broadcasting on Wednesday with the Dolphins playing on Thursday. So we should be talking a lot of getting ready for another game. The Dolphins have two games in five days starting this Sunday. And then we get basically a mini-bye as we get ready for um, 
it the Patriots after Seattle. that? Seattle. Seattle. That's right. Seattle. So Seattle. Coming off of their <laughs> That's right. Seahawks. Yep. So uh we'll uh And we need we'll a spy right about now instead of earlier in the year. Damn it. Yes. But we'll uh we'll we'll be back with the podcast next week, same bat time, same bat channel. That's probably trademarked, but oh well. Um, <laughs> I'm not getting any monetary out of it, so I guess it's okay. Um, but uh, we'll be back next week with this. Make sure you come by on Friday. I'm working to try to get uh, somebody from Music City Miracles over for the Google Hangout on Friday. So hopefully that will happen. Um, still going at the same time. I know we talked about it during the show last week about possibly moving the time. Uh, we'll figure that out later, but I already invited the guys from Music City Miracles over, so I didn't want to change the time. But I will see you all on Friday, or you all will see me. I won't see you. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll have a good show then too. Thanks, guys, for participating. Hopefully we didn't bore you all to death. And uh, if not, if we did, just go watch the clip of Stephen A. Smith. You'll laugh, and it'll wake you up. So, good night, guys. Good night, everyone. Good night. Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at Amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. Now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. 
New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.